Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey guys, Ryan here. And before we get to this week's episode, I have to warn you, it's going to be a movie review episode. I'm joined by my good friend and fellow Mysteries Decoded co-star, Andrew Sanford. And we're going to be discussing the 2013 sci-fi horror film, Dark Skies. So, if you haven't seen the film, press pause on this episode and go watch. It's available on iTunes, Vudu, Hulu Live TV, and Amazon. Give it a watch and then come back for our very spoiler-heavy review in great, probably too much painful detail. But hey, it was a lot of fun, and it is also a super fun movie, and we had a blast reviewing it. And if you're self-quarantined like we are, it's a good way to pass the time and stay connected with people. So, I hope you enjoy our review as we venture bravely somewhere in the dark skies. This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. Welcome to a very special episode I am titling Somewhere in the Dark Skies. That's right, today we are going to be reviewing the movie Dark Skies with my good friend, fellow podcaster, cryptozoologist, and all around just amazing guy, Andrew Sanford. How's it going, buddy? Hi, Ryan. I'm great, man. I don't know why I was. Hi, Ryan. I'm very, I'm excited to, I'm excited <laughs> to talk to another human being who isn't my poor, poor wife who's been just trapped in here with me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For those who don't know, we are in lockdown here in New York City, mm-hmm. so we are sure. not allowed to really leave our apartments. Um, you know, it's not as Thunderdome-esque as people think, but uh, no, we definitely, it, it's, it's an interesting energy right now. I don't know about you, mm-hmm. but here in Queens, it's silent i mean you can hear the train going by obviously every sure. now and again but yeah how are things up in uh, manhattan it's it's interesting and i'm i'm in the washington heights area we're actually fairly close to a hospital so we do hear sirens pretty often but it's police cars it's fire or uh, fire trucks it's everything but we it is pretty dead and also like not as dead as I would like it to be like, we still uh, like, there's still people, my wife and I, we went for a walk. God, this was the last week at this point that shows the most recent time I went for like a full walk was almost a week ago. Um, and it was, yeah. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I've been trying to go up to my roof on a. I'm lucky enough that my apartment building has like a roof that I can access fairly easily. So I ate ramen up there the other day just to break the monotony. <laughs> um, Good change of scenery. Yeah, exactly. And I, uh, we went for a walk, and there were just people. This is probably the day before we got the shelter-in-place order, which for those who don't know, it's basically saying that you don't leave your apartment or your home except for things that you absolutely need to do, which is to, if you want to exercise, like going for a run is fine. There are things like that. They just want you to stay away from people. And if you need to go to the grocery store, obviously. Like the next morning, I actually – went to the grocery store at 7 a.m. when it opened just so I could avoid being around other people, which I know people usually get up at like 630 and stuff like that. It's been my clock is all over the place right now. So it was a challenge, but it was worth being in a fairly empty grocery store. But we go for this walk and there are people um, at the park near us uh, playing volleyball on this court. And so they're literally passing around something that they're all touching at the same time <sighs> and then lined up on the side as if waiting to play are like 10 to 12 people. Uh, not exaggerating, shoulder to shoulder, um, <laughs> just standing there waiting to play. So you see I wish some you of that see stuff. see me shaking my head right now. Bro, it is it is very frustrating. Um, but it's one of those things where you – like it's – Unfortunately, it just is what it is, and there is a reason we have been called the epicenter of all this. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I do not envy you because apparently Queens is getting it the hardest. So yeah. please stay safe. It's been a red zone here, which is a little scary. But uh, you know, I'm doing the same thing, man. I, I I haven't left the apartment in two days, yeah. And I I will only go out to get groceries or to you know mm-hmm. walk around the block a few times, just like you said, mm-hmm. break the monotony, get some whatever fresh air New York City has ever had, and uh, <laughs> and it's it's the same here, man. You you walk by areas that people usually congregate and there are still people out there i i just don't get it and these are the people traveling and spreading it to other places so new york city stop being dumb stop being Mm -hmm. stubborn new yorkers and just stay in place that's all i could say to any of my uh new york people out there but um, yeah and i and i know it's hard too but it's just something that we got it's it's only going to get harder if it has to go into August and September and things like that. We're looking at like a maybe, maybe some sort of normalcy in July, unless certain people force us to open up ahead of time. But we don't need to get into that right now. Nope. But if, if, if at best case scenario, I think we're looking at maybe close to end of July, hopefully um, for things to return to some sense of normalcy. Yeah, maybe the cure I've been working on with vanilla extract and um, cocoa butter and... <laughs> Um, flour will work. It tastes great. I don't think it's going to cure anything, but I'm doing my best. Oh, good. Um, man. At, at worst, you've got you've got the uh, the trappings of some good chocolate chip cookies going. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> just, just load people full of sugar and yeah. flour. Well, uh, <laughs> before we uh, before we get to the movie we're going to be talking about, Andrew, I've been seeing sure. you posting a lot about this phenomenon that's going around Netflix right now that I have not checked out. And I got to ask you, man, what is Tiger King and why should uh. I watch it? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. There is a gentleman by the name of Joe Exotic. And I remember hearing about him for the first time on an episode of Last Week Tonight back in 2016 
when he was going on a certain political run. I don't want to spoil anything, but this man um, was an attempted politician. He was also uh, he owns what he claims to be the largest tiger zoo in North America or possibly the world um, in Oklahoma. And he is um, very flamboyant, um, proudly so. Um, has a big old mustache, a mullet, wears fancy clothes, fanciful anyway. And he is, this isn't too much of a spoiler, he is currently in prison. And I originally heard about him about um, a little over a year ago. There was a podcast called Over My Dead Body, which is a great podcast who did a special on this man on Joe Exotic. Uh, series which i think they have since taken down which is smart because i think they're like re-releasing it to just capitalize on the fame that this documentary is brought on but there's a documentary series currently on netflix seven episodes long fascinating watch incredibly trashy incredibly crazy and something that you literally like you can't turn away from and it's got hills and valleys and i will say if people can try to re-listen to the podcast, there's elements of the podcast that I liked a lot more. But to see these people and also some other people that they introduce into the story as part of all this is it's fascinating. And it was for those of you who have watched it, um, my wife and I, when we finished the series, she is just this wonderful, uh, hilarious and supportive person. And she was like, we should dress you up like Joe Exotic and take <laughs> some pictures. She's like, because you got a wig. I got a sh- I got some shirts. And I was like, oh, absolutely. And she's like, yeah, maybe we can do that tomorrow. I was like, no, we should do it like right, like right now. Like literally we finished the last episode and went and snapped some pictures, which are currently on my Twitter um, at Sanford minus son or on my on her Instagram, Joy Mayweather. There's like you can find them. You can track them down. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right it's... now on your Instagram. <laughs> right. They, they're incredible, man. I have she's, no words. She, she, She's a genius. She is uh, better than my better half. And it's something that like she had the idea and I thought it would just be kind of fun. I was like, yeah, I'll throw the wig on. She's like, no, we got to tie it back. So it looks like a mullet. We got to do this. We got to do that. She taped little um, uh, safety pins to my ears to make them look like earrings. Like she she went the whole nine. She's 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 a wonderful person. And we've we've got uh, a budding costume designer in the making. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to check it out. It's next on my list. There's so much time to finally consume more than we could ever possibly consume. But, um, Oh, hell yeah. Looking forward to it. But, um, getting back Mm -hmm. to your podcast. Now you are a master of horror review podcasting. You do a month of this every Every uh, October. Can you tell us a little mm-hmm. about what Shocktober is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my podcast, Half White Son of a Black Man, is usually uh, a uh, – we take an improv spin to the news of the week. Me and my three main hosts, who are currently Mikhail Page, Aaron Lee Schmoyer, and Jamie Lampchick, three very funny people. We sit down. We take some news items from the week. I throw some negative stories at them. They got to spin them to me in the positive, or I give them just a headline – and they got to fill out like the story for me um, on the spot and or no and or and doesn't matter. We <laughs> we do like a top three, which is like a listicle type thing where we do our top three favorite things in a certain topic. Uh, 
we are on a smidge of a hiatus right now because it's hard to get us all in the same room, which is how I like to do the podcast uh, <laughs> with my wonderful engineer, Gage, uh, engineer and producer. But every October, every October, I completely throw the purpose of the podcast out the window and we talk about horror movies. Uh, this year in particular, Mikhail and Jamie, and this is before Jamie joined as a full-time host, came on and were on almost every episode. They had to watch several um, uh, some very scary, some not so great um, horror movies, <laughs> and then sit down and talk to me about them. And they are not big horror movie watchers themselves. I think the most horror movies Mikhail has watched has been doing the podcast. Back through the years, the podcast is over five years old at this point. That has been my favorite part of doing the show. And if we go back, we've got episodes with you that are fantastic. Um, uh, just And we used to do where it would be like we talked about three episodes, um, three movies an episode. You actually have – you and Nick Westermeyer, another good friend of ours, have the record for – there was one episode where we talked about six movies. Oh, my God. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I must have blacked that do, one out of my memory. Yeah, that's fair. Well, we were drinking while we did that one. I remember that pretty specifically. Oh, okay, yes. Yes, it's we starting did that to in the back. old – in the office of one of my old, um, one of the places I used to work, (laughs) we sat down and we talked about a movie and its remake. So it was like the fly and the remake of the fly night of the demons and the remake of night of the demons and, um, invaders from Mars and the remake of invaders from Mars. I can't believe I remember all of those. That was, that's amazing, (laughs) man. Yeah. Some of those I wish I blacked out four years ago. Oh, brother. (laughs) Y'all if right now, Night of the Demons is currently on Amazon, I believe. It is not a good movie, but it is. Can I swear on the show? Absolutely. It is batshit crazy, that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if y'all want something that is just going to like be so insane that it takes your mind off of things and you're currently social distancing, go on Amazon Prime or just try to. I'm sure there's an easy way to find it. Find Night of the Demons. I believe it's 1988. It tries to be tongue in cheek and it just does not work. (laughs) (laughs) I, I absolutely love horror movies. I love horror. It's my favorite genre. Good, bad, scary, not so scary. Like it's. It, 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 sometimes the worse the better for me like i just was watching child's play three with my morning coffee yesterday just because mm-hmm. um and, and so it's it's something that i love and i love seeing horror movies that i've never seen before i love when something like really really scares me most recently i watched the autopsy of jane doe which i had never seen and it's uh, it's currently on netflix that's one you should definitely check out uh, even though i oh what's his name um, it's got Brian Cox and a dude who I try not to support too much. He was Speed Racer. We just won't say his name. It'll be uh, easier that way. Yes, so yes. I don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, you look into the dude who played Speed Racer in the live action Wachowski's movie and look into some shit that he did back in 2015. And you'll understand why I don't want to give him too many props. But yeah, yeah. wonderful movie. Really, really scary. And it's I love when I feel like I'm at a movie's mercy. Um, where and more often than not, horror movies are the movies that will catch me off guard and will make me not sure what's going to happen next. And I love that feeling. It's like cha- it's the the purple dragon that I chase um, to just keep finding movies where I'm not only scared but just unsure of what to expect. 
Well, we're gonna we're gonna find out if you're at the mercy of dark skies today. Mm. So, a little rundown here: we've got the 2013 horror sci-fi movie Dark Skies, uh, directed by Scott Stewart, who also directed, written and directed, and written. I'm sorry, I, I forgot that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's right. He also did Legion and Priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen either of those movies? I've seen Legion. You know what? I like Legion. Legion's a crazy movie. <laughs> yeah, from what I remember. That was a and it, it got a TV show spinoff, too, on sci-fi for a while. Yeah. Um, I think it only lasted a season, but I love I, – I, I, I have a soft spot for, A, um, horror adventure movies, like horror things that try to – it's like, oh, it's horror, but it's also got this big, like – lineage and like lore and stuff like that and legion checks off a lot of those boxes it's also a fun bottle movie because it all takes place in that diner did you see what his earlier career stuff included uh i mean some television and special effects but what no what am i missing well well, yeah he was a visual effects artist apparently or a visual effects person and one of his first movies he worked on was mars attacks really um he yep he worked on superman returns Sin City, and at least according to his Wikipedia page, the last visual effect, uh, movie he did visual effects on, strictly as visual effects person, was the first Iron Man movie. Wow! So he is, yeah. So this dude is is a part of cinematic history. Wow! Um, for better or worse, I'm sure he was able to just write his own ticket after that because you see, after Iron Man, within the couple of years, he gets to just start directing his own movies. Yeah, so he gets the, to make uh... that jump. He's the next Taika Vatiti for sure. Or yeah, the first Taika Vatiti, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's had a long <laughs> career. Um, well, this movie was produced by Jason Blum, Blumhouse Productions, mm-hmm. and Dimension. I forgot that. Yeah, they... it's got the Weinsteins in there, too. Ooh, okay. We won't go there. Um, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to forget that part of that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Who do we got? Yeah, Carrie <laughs> Russell, who was just on Broadway, mm-hmm. Josh Hamilton, Dakota mm-hmm. Stewart, and holy shit. J.K. Simmons. So we know that's what we got to look forward to. Um, Mm -hmm. But I got to ask before uh, I want I I would I was wondering if you could give us the official synopsis, Andrew. But have you ever? Oh, I would love to. Have you seen the movie before? I I am not. I just watched it this morning, actually. Oh, awesome. Um, Okay, so it's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, it is. Yep. I, I had not seen it before. I think I had heard of it. I remember. I feel like I remember when it came out, but I just yeah, yeah, never saw it. All right, well, good. This will be fun then. Um, So, yeah, Mm -hmm. if you don't mind, can you give us the official IMDb synopsis for Dark Skies? Sure. As the Barrett family's peaceful suburban life is rocked by an escalating series of disturbing events, they come to learn that a terrifying and deadly force is after them, one which may have arrived from beyond the stars. Beautifully done. I couldn't have put thank it better you, myself. Um, I've been doing I've been doing a lot of cold reading <laughs> my social distancing as well. So it's it yeah, you gotta keep that muscle warm. You really do. You do. Um, <laughs> well, I I wanna bring this up before we even get into sort of our review and kinda we're gonna do kind of a play by play of the movie if anyone mm-hmm. hasn't seen it. Uh I if anyone hasn't, I definitely recommend recommend stopping this episode now. Go watch, then come back. This is gonna be full of spoilers, obviously. But this is this right. is interesting. A lot of people get confused because there was also a television series in the mid '90s with the same right. title, Dark Skies, and it also mm. was about aliens. And uh, I've actually had the creator and writer of 
Dark Skies, the television series, on the podcast many times. That's awesome. He's a colleague, a friend, and uh, for a while he protested this movie because he believed that really? they, they intentionally lifted the title after someone saw the show or uh, was connected to the show. But either way... Um, yo, yo, you know what? I think, What's that guy's name? What's his name, if you don't mind me asking? The, Bryce, the TV show? Bryce Sable. Bryce Sable. I think Bryce might be on to something. Because my first question after finishing the movie is what does the title have to do with the movie we saw? Like, it, does it have a deeper lineage in uh, UFO stories or things like that that I'm not aware of? Or is it strictly just the only other connection you can make is to a TV show in the 90s that was about UFOs? It has absolutely nothing to do with anything UFO related. That See, <laughs> yeah, like then I'm the I think Bryce might be onto something because not only do we whenever it's nighttime, we primarily see inside the house. There's like one moment where we see a guy looking out into a quote unquote dark sky. But there is nothing. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. So, you uh, know, Bryce is pretty bitter. He's probably not happy. I'm reviewing this movie, but that's going to depend on the review to be completely. Yeah. Honest. Yeah. Listen, Bryce, I, I'm just going to say I am on Bryce's side. Me too. Uh, <laughs> Me too. I've never met the man. Sounds like a real smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was a brilliant series. Definitely check it out if you can, man. It Don't, only lasted one season, but um, it's some of the best historical preserved television I've seen in a while. You know, it, it aired in the 90s, but it took place in like the 60s and 70s, and it's just beautiful to look at. So, yeah, check cool. it out if you can. Um, okay. Okay. So, we open in the movie Dark Skies with an mm-hmm. Arthur C. Clarke quote and this is one of my favorite quotes it's two possibilities exist either we are alone in the universe or we are not both are equally as terrifying i love that quote too i think i've brought that quote up on this podcast i I think you have yeah (laughs) it's one of my pickup lines yeah Uh, as long as my girlfriend doesn't really say that. Um, yeah. Right, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, so as soon as I saw that, I'm like, okay, I, I'm down with this. They right. uh, they looked yeah. at some good uh, inspirational sci-fi writers of the time. Mm. So let's um, let's run through our characters quick. We've got Daniel, who's a dad. Lacey is the mom. Jesse is an older mm-hmm. brother, and Sammy is a younger brother. So we've got right pretty small family here. And, um, right. Uh, pretty standard suburban fare. They live in like a nice, quiet little suburb, as the, the breakdown suggests. Mm-hmm. They've got their nice dynamics. There's, there seems to be some worry in the family of where the next paycheck's going to come from, which was odd. Um, but that's <laughs> yeah, we get a pretty standard family dynamic in this movie. Typical white suburban family at their finest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the brothers yeah. get along really well. They have this really strong bond. They uh, they talk to one another at night over walkie-talkies and from across mm-hmm. their bedrooms, which we'll get to. This plays a big part in the movie. But then you have sort of this deterioration of the parents who are kind of falling apart, you know. Um, the right. dad's unemployed. The mom is carrying the family. He just can't find work. He's insecure. So you start to see the family... Uh, isn't exactly as perfect as we would like to think. Right, yeah, and it's it started very much like, I was like, huh, this is an interesting way to start this movie with just this very, like, a little bit more contained family drama, where it's just like, oh, you know, it's suburban family, but not everything's as good as they'd like it to appear, and the, the son isn't listening to them, or the older son, Jesse, isn't listening to them very much. 
Um, it seems like he has a hard time fitting in. But yeah, there's this dynamic between the parents where they're freaked out because the dad's unemployed. I think there's one point where the the mom is trying, Carrie Russell's trying to work on something, and the dad's like, come on, put it away. And she's like, no, we need this because right. uh, she's a real estate agent. So it's like it show like it's quick to establish that everything is not happy at home already. Exactly, exactly. And then on top of this, we start to get uh, these weird things happening in the mm. home, and it kind of starts mm. with what they think was like someone burglarized their house while they were home. You know, they right. wake up and the refrigerator's open. Everything's all over the place. So, um, mm-hmm. and and there, no sign oh, there of were entry. a lot of. No, and a lot of eaten, uh, eaten watermelons, and apparently the they they think it's an animal, but she's like, "What kind of animal comes in just to eat the lettuce and doesn't eat the meat?" So my question, right off the bat, Ryan, is there some kind of UFO story to attach to this where aliens are vegetarians? Because it seems like they just eat the fruit. And the the romaine lettuce or whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, in all of my research, I have never come across definitive proof that they're vegetarian. But interesting. I, look at this. Look at it this way. I mean, if a lot of people believe that these gray aliens are actually us from the future, mm-hmm. they are a um, right. either evolved or devolved version of us coming back to look at like. Oh, how were we at this point in time? Where did we go wrong, or where did we go right? Um, so maybe, uh, maybe these aliens are so evolved and enlightened that they realize they no longer have to eat meat. You know, interesting. Um, maybe, okay, maybe okay. It's something like that. But no, there's no yeah, specific uh, lore in terms of that. There were there were such strong decisions made in this movie. Quite a few of them that I feel like didn't pay off wholly. And trying to fill out what these aliens were like, like that was one of them. I was like, why bring up the fact that they don't eat meat? Like, like it seemed like just such an odd specific to not have like payoff later on. You know what I mean? Right. There were a few moments in this film where that definitely happened where you're like, why? Like, why was that even in there? But, um, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. To me, it seems like, uh, Stuart, the writer, he kind of looked at mm-hmm. the, um, the surface level, uh, you know, phenomenon when it comes to aliens and UFO encounters or alien abductions and just right. t- lifted some first sentences and like threw it all into <laughs> one family's experience. That's what I'm, yes. Yeah. yeah, no, I would I would agree with that 100 percent. And there's elements the, the snag is because you have some of those elements that are very surface level and then some of the family drama that comes across very surface level as well, at least in the sense that, like, I thought it was kind of interesting where they're literally like, we can't pay for our security system, even though this is happening right now, which don't get me wrong, still kind of a champagne problem kind of a thing. <laughs> um, but it, it, it was interesting to me where I was like, wow, this is, you know, they're struggling and they can't do something that would take care of them. In this moment, they have to sacrifice something else to make that happen. You know, he goes to a job interview that doesn't work out well, but they still don't seem as stressed out by that. Yeah, it's like the movie. The movie is constantly juggling being two different things. 
Right. Where it's like, oh, it seems like they're stressed out by money, but really they're stressed out by aliens. But really they're stressed <laughs> out by money, but really they're stressed <laughs> out by aliens. Like it just keeps kind of bouncing back and forth. I never felt like it comfortably, comfortably got its footing in either side, for me personally. It seems like two... Um, almost cliche stories being mixed together. Yes. Mm-hmm. And while I enjoy the performances, I think the actors did a really good job. Um, it does come across. It comes across a little, uh, a little less than genuine to me. Um, but yes. that being said, once we get to sort of the the paranormal aspects of this, this is mm-hmm. like straight up poltergeist and i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing you know stranger things is known for doing things like that and one of the first ones besides the you know the breaking in at the home uh you mentioned the alarm system this one this was interesting so their alarm system goes off they call the place up and um the woman says it looks like it was chipped somehow but it's all eight alarms in all eight right. points of entry in your home. So that that gave me chills when I first heard that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was pretty cool. And it's it, like it, it was a good example of like, ooh, we don't know what is doing this or how it's doing it. Uh, and and the idea that you keep having the police officer being like, you sure it's not your kids? Are you sure it's not your kids? Are you sure it's not your kids, right? And I was just like, I was like, bro, I you could not have a more dismissive police officer oh, who's know. just there to be dismissive and then leave. Makes his partner wait outside, which I thought was funny. <laughs> <laughs> right, when clearly uh, yeah. something's going on. Yeah, something's going on. Like, and it's there were a lot of elements kind of thrown in in the first act that I was like, ha, huh, this could pay, maybe pay off later. And then some that were thrown in that were specifically set up to pay off later in a way that you would have not expected or seen coming. Mm. Uh, we don't have to get into that right at this moment. Yeah. But I, we, when you have stuff at the beginning with the son, Jesse, and his awful, terrible, stereotypical, I'm going to use the word wigger, even though I hate that term, mm-hmm. um, kid, like gangster friend who's just um they call him rats the dad calls him rat face um like it's just this like shitty friend that he has that he is unquestionably and uh, for some reason just straight loyal to (laughs) right right and you know they sort of go into it saying you know the son jesse he's a little younger so he's kind of like He's he's in that age where he's starting to mature. He's got a crush on a girl, and he um he's right. trying. You know, there's one point when him and the friend. Uh, I don't even have his friend's name written down. You said Rat. We'll call him Rat. Um, yeah, it's like something Rats Ratsner is his last name. It's like yeah, some yeah. I forget what the first name is, but Let's yeah, they call that. him Rats. Yeah. So, so there's one point where they're they're watching a porn together, and this is right. like you know the 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 kid um, Jesse. He's he's trying to see how. How to become, you know, the next level of a teenager, I think. And um, right. this person he's chosen to sort of emulate is the last person he should ever be emulating. He's a complete sociopath. Um, yes. This is funny. So this second sort of, or maybe third, I don't know at this point, there's so many, um, sort of paranormal-esque moments in the film is Carrie Russell, the wife is at home, and she... Mm-hmm. Uh, She's looking out the window, and then a bird crashes into the window. 
and then another, yes. and then another, and then another, and literally hundreds and hundreds of birds start just <laughs> basically yeah. dive bombing into their home, all dying, and just it's complete pandemonium. It's very mm-hmm. unsettling. What did you think of that scene? I I liked that too. It was again, it was something that felt familiar to me. You know what I mean? Like, it, and again, it is it is kind of that successful version of like an homage type of a thing. It's like, it's almost become clear then like, Oh, this is an otherworldly situation. Even if it's not aliens, even if it's something supernatural, what have you, there's something going on, uh, that's being implied when a bunch of birds start flying at one direction, like they trying to get through it almost. Um, and again, I thought like Carrie Russell's the goat, man. So she like she she plays it off very well and reacts in a way that makes you feel scared for her. And I I I found that I again that moment I found as well to be very effective in what it was trying to do, which was to show that like something weird is going on here. Yeah. What that is, we don't we may or may not ever really get an answer to. But yeah, at the time it's to kind of throw these people into hysterics, I liked the randomness of what was going on. The fact that they couldn't really nail it down to one specific incident. Because I believe the next thing that happens is the dad takes the kids to the park or takes Sammy to the park, the youngest one. And this this is some things um, I understand. Maybe they made certain choices. Maybe... The actor is trying to convey something uh, that they couldn't get across because Josh Hamilton is another guy. The dad, he's a Broadway actor. He's um, he's done a lot of he's done a lot of movies. He's done a lot of TV. Dude knows what he's doing. Um, but there is a moment where Sammy starts screaming like he looks off, opens his mouth and starts screaming and can't stop screaming. And this is, I think, one of the next paranormal. It either happens right before the birds or it happens after the birds. He starts screaming and the dad is just yelling at him to stop in a way that seems like he's almost mad. He's like, Sammy, stop, stop, (laughs) Sammy, stop. And I was like, bro, you're not concerned right now. (laughs) Your kid just pissed his pants in public and started screaming. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was just one of those moments. And maybe they could have we see later on that it's hinted that the dad may or may not be abusive or like, at least that's what people like. It's almost seems like the uh, things doing this are trying to make people believe that he's abusive for some reason, Mm. or at least that's the misconception that happens. So it could be planting the planting the seeds for that, but I really doubt it. Um, it just, it, to me, it just struck me as a very odd choice. Uh, one thing I also love is, and it's it's hard to make movies in general. Making a movie is very hard, and getting it to come out good is even harder. But there are little things that are just speed bumps along the way, and one of them, for me at least, was her um, search search <laughs> when they when she goes to search what's going on to her, and it it looks like a Google page, but instead of Google. It says search yep. in big letters. And I was like, oh, boy, guys, you didn't need to show us that page. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just one of those weird things where it's like, listen, nobody's got Google money. I get it. But yeah, yeah. you don't have to. You ain't got to show me that she's like just she's clicking on the computer. Next thing you know, she's on a page that is what it is. I don't know. 
Yeah, um, very strange. I mean, a lot of horror movies do this, where they oh yeah they uh, they do a search for um, you know the most random shit out there. Like, oh yeah, my son is I, uh, talking in a voice of a forty five year old man, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the immediate response is, "Oh, he's possessed." You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's tough too because I feel like. You know, back in the day, in the 70s and 80s and 90s, maybe 60s, like, it, it hasn't been until this, like, last decade, like, in the mid-2000, like, once we get into 2007, 2008, uh, you can't really send a character to the library anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't send them to another location to look something up. It would, A, it would probably be costly. B, it's a little unrealistic because, like, libraries aren't as important as they used to be anymore. Um, but uh, see, it's really just nobody would do that. Like, so it's. But unfortunately, the alternative is, at least to me, not as interesting. Like, especially because we live in a world where anybody can put whatever the hell they want on the internet. I'm not saying libraries are like the end all be all source of information. But when you have a character that's just clickety clack 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 on a, on a keyboard, it's it's hard for it to come across as scary to me. Well, let's get to sort of uh, beyond these little teasing things that whatever mm-hmm. lay behind this is doing. Um, mm-hmm. There's another interesting one where all the photos in the frames in the house just disappeared. That was yep. pretty interesting. I'd never really seen anything like that done before. Yes, and I also feel like possibly it is playing into the big twist at the end of the movie. Um, okay. Uh, whether or not that twist is clear, we'll get into later, but that was something... I, there's there's always fun to be had when you have a twist at the movie, in a movie, at, at the, towards the end, and then you look back and or think about the movie afterwards and go like, oh man, this happened that kind of relates to that, this happened, this happened... Sometimes that can be done really strongly. I do not feel it was done as strongly in this. And I do believe that that was to set up the twist at the at the end. I could be wrong. It could have just been like, oh, here's another random weird thing that happened. Um, <laughs> right. But I do think part of it was that to set up the twist. Again, if anything, the twist made it less effective. Because in the moment, I was like, oh, weird. They just took all their pictures. Like, that's creepy. Like, it's it's a weird thing, and it's a weird way to mess with people. That was another effective moment. I also thought the, we see Carrie Russell, um, well, A, one of the times she's trying to sell the house, she talks to this mother, and the mother says that her kid gets sick a lot. The kid almost has an asthma attack in one of the weirdest ADR moments that I've seen in the movie. That girl was not, ma- that girl was not making that noise. They were clearly like, we'll just throw it in post. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, put it in post. Put it in post. But she uh, tells the mother, like, oh, you know, we find out that Jesse was sick a lot when he was little, um, constantly. Like, he was allergic to the world, she says. And uh, the mother is like, oh, how'd you get through it? The, the Carrie Russell basically convinces this woman not to buy the house uh, because it won't be good for her. So it's a nice little like moment to show us that like Carrie Russell gives a shit about people. Later on, she's showing the same house to somebody and we start to get into some of the even creepier moments. And yeah. I like this a lot because she like she just all of a sudden starts twitching and losing it. And then she walks towards this glass door in the back of the house and starts banging her head against it until it breaks. Yeah. 
Hey y'all, Ryan Sprague here. As you all know, the Somewhere in the Skies podcast is always free to consume, but it isn't free to create. That's why I've started the Somewhere in the Skies Patreon campaign. On a monthly basis, you give what you think the show is worth. You'll be helping the show continue, grow, and to be something truly communal. And remember, there are rewards for each level of contribution, and the list is only growing. So please, help Somewhere in the Skies now by becoming a patron. To contribute and to learn more, visit www.patreon.com backslash somewhere skies. Thank you for your support. And now, on with... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The show. Yeah, it was very unsettling to watch. I thought that yes. moment when she just like, it was like a, a flip got switched in her head and she just like mm-hmm. was immediately just frozen and had like almost like yes. a stroke in, in that moment. And it was, it was yeah, yeah, very, yeah. there are, there's imagery in this movie and visuals that just go beyond giving me the creeps and they made me so uncomfortable. So, yeah. you know, kudos for that. No matter what people end up thinking of the movie, uh, there were some really mm-hmm. effective moments, I think. And that was definitely one of them. Yeah. And I appreciated that she, it does that and then wakes up in her bed thinking it's a dream and then it's a call from her boss that's just like, why did you start having a nervous breakdown in that building, in that um, the house that you were showing this morning? Right. And she sees that it's like three in the afternoon. So it actually happened. But she woke up like it was a dream. Like it was it was just a fun like it was a great way to show how much they're losing control and what's happening. Exactly. Um, in my opinion, that was one of the most effective moments in the movie. 
Yep. And it sort of spirals from there. Each member of the family starts yes. to um, sort of have these moments where they seem controlled by something in, in unknown mm-hmm. force. You know, the dad, she, Carrie Russell, goes outside and finds him frozen in place outside. Mm-hmm. And when she, you know, it's one of these these typical horror moments where you can't see mm-hmm. the person. You, you They have their back to you. And then when she goes around, his mouth is just wide agape and he's frozen yeah. and then boom, yeah. his nose just starts pouring blood out and then yeah, man. he just runs back inside like really quickly as if controlled mm-hmm. by something it, again these these moments were some of the best in the movie i think where yeah the director was like i know what i'm doing here i definitely know yeah. how to do horror now how is it going to connect aliens that's a question we'll get to but um oh, yeah. yeah that was one and then each of the sons had those moments too you know the youngest son Mm pees his pants starts screaming uh jesse Mm -hmm. is just got his first kiss you know and then um yeah after he awkwardly and again this might be to like lead into towards the twist but because of the porn he was watching he just reaches out and touches this girl calls this girl bad girl and touches her boob (laughs) and then she's like furious understandably so and then it's like god have you ever even kissed a girl like just mad and he's like and makes it clear that he has it and she's like Oh well, in that case, it's just like whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa! No, 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 no! That's lady. not how this works. Show, show a little bit more self worth. This kid's right. a creep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he gets like chased when he's right because again, and that's what I love. Like I, I was, I wasn't like a sheltered kid, but I was definitely like somebody that I didn't smoke pot or anything like that until I left to go to um, uh, quote unquote college. Um, but I like to see a kid that's like 13 years old that this kid's friend pull out like a bong and a, a huge bag of weed and just be like, yeah, let's rock, man. I was just like, what is this? Oh, we have to go back and, you know, since we're talking about the friend, um, mm-hmm. during this scene where the birds all crash into the house, you know, like the, um, the, the people show up who deal with like, uh, outbreaks or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think it's the uh, EPA, right? There we go, or, the EPA. No, yeah, yeah. And, um... I, that's a good question. We'll have to look that yeah. up. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if I learned... <laughs> I hope not, because if I learned anything from Ghostbusters, it's the EPA or the bad guys. Yeah. Okay, so we need to... <laughs> Always the bad guys. <laughs> so, Always the bad We, um... Well, after the bird thing happens, we find out it was three different migrations of birds that crashed into the home, and, um... Yeah. They think maybe this could be some sort of weird, uh, airborne virus, uh, not to get too current, but, um... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The friend has a line right here, and I gotta read it, that is so timely. He says, bitch, you're gonna get quarantined. (laughs) And that would be the, I think, the first of five times he says bitch throughout this movie that was oh, God. kind of his yeah. only thing he had going for him um yeah no they really like in a movie full of characters that felt like they were like somewhat fully defined like and really like at least moderately fleshed out the parents felt very fleshed out to me jesse was what he was but again that might have been intentional sammy was your classic little kid that kid i was just like man i always say to uh, my friend to mikhail uh my friend and co-host on my show hollywood has no shortage of shitty 10 to 13 year old kids that have red hair and freckles and this kid (laughs) is no different i don't know what it is 
it's like they got a factory that just spits them out. Yeah. But look over the last like 30 years and you will just find the kids that are from even I would say eight to 13 redhead and freckles. And they are always the worst. You just always <laughs> make these kids shitty. And this one was it wasn't even in like a fun way. You, it's like I think you said it the best. He's a sociopath. Yeah, he's horrible. He's absolutely horrible. Like if the mm-hmm. aliens, if if this movie is about aliens, which we'll get to, uh, wanted to take someone, that's the person you take to find out what not to become. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, then we see him shooting poor Jesse with an aerosol gun rifle. What the hell? Because it's, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, and then Jesse starts floating. Um, in the, uh, cause I, cause whatever. And and it's at this point that the movie really started to go off the rails for me because this happens moments later, Jesse defend, he's like, what? He's my, he's my best friend. Cause then the dad goes over and tries to beat up the rats, like the kid. And I was like, okay, that seems like a jump. Um, and then (laughs) rightfully so gets punched in the face by the dad. And that's all that comes of it. And then, if I remember correctly, order-wise, moments later, the dad has a successful job interview and gets a new job. So all of a sudden, all the family problems are thrown out the window. Yep. Yeah. It's like, like, just gone. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I actually have that written down. There's a moment where he gets a job, and um, he's so happy he goes home. And then we get, like, the most tame sex scene ever in cinema history. But... But it's like, Ooh, I, you know what? I might not have gotten that because I watched the version I watched was on Hulu live and it's the sci-fi, the version that they show on TV. I saw no sex scene, at least from my oh, recollection. When, when they, I'm saying, they, team oh, they, I'm talking like they kiss and then you hear a little like, wah, wah, sort of. Oh, gotcha. Okay. No, I saw that. Boom. I okay. saw that. Yeah. Fair enough. No, fair you enough. didn't miss anything. Um, <laughs> but you're right. They sort of all this, um, like crazy scary weird shit has happened and then it's all just forgotten for one night of yeah yay things are okay in our regular lives but now we got to deal with this other shit which it seemed like an odd choice like if you're trying to uh, reach a sense of calamity that they're shooting for at the end of the movie you you i feel like you don't dismiss the real problems so easily yeah. And so readily, they're just like, all right, we got all that uh, human stuff out of the way. Now let's get into the alien invasion. And it's yeah. just like, oh, but but why, but why? So what was that stuff for? What did we go through all that for? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. But I do want to mention, too, um, Daniel, the dad, he is, you know, he's really trying to not believe that any of this stuff is paranormal or weird or mm-hmm. unexplained and he even ends up getting security cameras installed i don't know how that happens if you know they have no money but yeah. um he gets these installed <laughs> to look in every room and uh this is where one of the first kind of big i guess alien abduction tropes comes in he's looking at these videos and they all go static for a moment and there's a half an hour mm-hmm. missing on the videos now, this is a right. very common occurrence in alien abduction that we call missing time. So, yeah, mm-hmm. what did you think of that moment? I That was another one where I was just like, at that point, it, it was almost a little too late for me. Like, I felt okay. like that should have happened a little bit earlier on. At that point, I was like, 
I was like, all right, clearly something weird is going on here. I forgot that they even had the security cameras. Speaking of like weird, that was a lot of cameras. It was like eight camera screens. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of cameras to set up in your house when you can't afford the security system to begin with. I know. It's like Um, straight up Walmart or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sitting there like Ozymandias. Um, But he's... I, 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 that one, like, while it was, like, fun, and I hate to compare things to other movies, but that was a moment where I was like, I've seen this done better. It felt like less like an homage. I, I say what you will about the movie. There is a moment in the M. Night Shyamalan movie Signs where you have the alien reveal or the alien caught on footage reveal, and it walks across the screen and kind of looks almost like Bigfoot like walks across yeah. the screen at this like birthday party and just looks dead at the camera. And it's like this very unsettling, like, Whoa, um, this yeah. like pop moment. And in this, it, at that point, like, because it's so blurry and he's literally just seeing this blur, like it, it's like him realize that moment feels like it's for the audience when we already know that there's been somebody else in the house. Like, I feel like we had already even seen one of them at that point. Like, cause the kid sees one or something or Carrie Russell thinks she sees one in the kid's room or something figure. like that. Yep. Like, yeah, exactly. So we already know we had that move moment and yet it lingers on there. Like that's information that we need, uh, but yeah. we know that already it's fun. And again, he's playing it up as best as he can, but it's, as far as moving that plot line forward, I was like, man, we already, like, we know this. Yeah. We got it. I, I get that. From, from a structural standpoint, I think, yeah, it was a little too late. Um, someone like me, who's knee-deep in abduction lore, like, it was our moment of, like, oh, good, they got something right. Like, missing time yes, is a huge yeah. part of well, this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there are ways that they could have shown that, like, the missing time element almost, at least for me, gets lost in the like, oh, yeah, a half hour went past. But what you really want to know is like, look, there's something standing in his house yeah. at like eight different points. Right. And I was just like, well, no, the missing time is the interesting part. Like uh, at this point. That's a good point. Because um, yeah. yeah. I do agree that that's interesting. And that's it's cool to like I was wondering how many if you had to say uh, like in a percentage between zero and 100 percent. What percentage of the alien stuff that happens in this movie is based on things that have happened in real life? Almost all of it. Really? Like 100%. Um, the problem, wow. The problem, though, is that it's all happening to one family. In like, gotcha. The, I'm talking like decades and decades of small, subtle things happening to quote-unquote sure. experiencers, and it's always, like, one of these elements, or maybe gotcha. two. Um, again, this is where I think the writer just looked at all the bullet points of alien abduction and said, I'm putting them all in one movie on, like, you know, maximum drive. <laughs> yes, I mean, it, it's crazy. We have the markings behind Daniel the dad's ear that he finds and then these weird geometric shaped wounds on one of the kids now yeah these are actual yes these come from actual accounts of people and I've seen them I've seen implant incisions and I've seen markings on people's 
bodies that are perfect triangles or, uh, you know, octagons or almost like crop mm-hmm. circles dug into a freaking person's skin. It's very unsettling. I'm, and whether or not it came from an alien or an alien abduction was involved, it's fascinating that the human body could create something like that or if a human being self-inflicted themselves in that way, too. Right. Yeah, and I guess um, that leads to the point, too, which is because they spread themselves so thin with all these different, like, ooh, this kid's got bruises, this guy's got a thing behind his ear, there's birds, there's all that... Well, when you get to the climax, there's nothing for them to really hang their hat on. Um, Like, because they, they go so many different directions that it's hard for that to, like focus at the end um i think now would be as good a time as ever to talk about when they try to go and get some advice yep. uh, yeah about all this and we get our sweet jk simmons scene um <laughs> who i just have to assume is good friends with um jason bloom to some extent because they did bloomhouse did do whiplash okay okay that makes sense then. which was yeah which was his big like one of the biggest movies he's or like, I can't remember if he won an Oscar for that. He at the very least got nominated, wow. but that was one of JK Simmons career roles. So I'm sure Jason Bloom was like, listen, man, you come in, we give you this much money. You just score <laughs> sit there and then you go home. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, okay. So he is, I guess, basically uh, the family sort of accepted at this point that there is definitely um, something going on. And, because of Carrie Russell's Google searches, or search searches, as it were, um, <laughs> she comes to the conclusion that it's alien abduction. And um, right. the husband finally is like, all right, I'll entertain this. I can't deny what I've seen and experienced. Uh, so they go to enlist the help of Mr. Pollard, uh, uh, J.K. Simmons himself, Mr. J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. If anyone remembers that. Um, and... This is like where we start to get the really big history of the Greys, as we call them, the aliens. Mm-hmm. And um, well, he gives three different explanations. Yes, though, he does. Which I thought was that was again speaks to the movie and how scattered it is, because he's like, oh, they're Greys, insectoids, or reptilians. There's three basic. Now, I, I my first question would be, are those the three basic things that go on, or did he just pick, like, okay, we got greys, I need two other examples, because we got rule of threes. Um, we'll yeah. go with exceptoids and reptilians. <laughs> it was interesting, um, the three he chose. I mean, I've heard mm-hmm. accounts of every kind of race of alien you can possibly think of. So, right. why they chose three that almost all looks similar to one another uh, was interesting, an interesting choice. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they were the most effective, so, you know, I don't know. I, I I really feel like the reptilian one was thrown in because Jason Bloom is very left-leaning, very liberal, um, and will often um, take shots at right-wing people in his movies, uh, at least far right-wing people. That's what we have that dad at the, uh, the random dad at the beginning who's talking about um he's like you want to hear two scary things china and iraq or something oh, or he said yeah, something or yeah. china and iran or something like that he's like oh yeah like so they make him look like a crazy person and then with the reptilians they say like he's like reptilians are the ones i the least believe i least believe because uh it seemed like he was saying that because uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of the reptilian things has a very like anti-Semitic base. Oh, correct? Big time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that feel like him felt like him taking a shot at another fringe belief. 
Interesting. Um, yeah. Just because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get into the my next question would be, have you ever used anything akin to this UFO test that J.K. Simmons has printed <laughs> Oh, my God. So this these these do exist. I mean, there was a famed, they do really. There's a famed UFO abduction researcher named Bud Hopkins. He passed away uh-huh. um, not too long ago. But I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people would come to this guy. He lived in Manhattan and uh, they sought him out. He he would hear out their stories and you know record it and uh he started to compile like a list of like questions to ask if you interested by aliens so i mean yeah it makes sense if you're gonna compile stories it's the same with ufo reports if you go to the sure. mutual ufo network and report a ufo there's like strict guidelines like what time of day was it um you know, how big was the object in terms of, in relation to the distance you were, how many lights, and then you literally just tick off the boxes, and then and then the investigators decide if it's worth going out to pursue or not. So when he did that, it seemed a little dumb at first, but then the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, that's what you would do to try to weed, as he says, weed out the crazies, I think he's, yeah. what he says. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I will say, I thought, uh, I was like, I, my first thought was, you know what, I bet that's re- this is real. <laughs> it is. <laughs> the thing that's done. It totally. seemed so on the nose, like, so on the nose that I, I was just like, you know what, I bet you there was somebody who did this. So, yay, <laughs> good, I was right. Yeah, you, you were right. Um, another thing I wanted to add, which I thought uh, really uh, warmed my heart, was the state of... Um, Mr. Pollard's apartment. It is like sure. littered from wall to wall with UFO uh-huh. photos and you know, the strings connecting the du- like every conspiracy tinfoil hat person's dream. And yeah. seeing it somewhere else besides my own apartment really put it into perspective for me. To be completely <laughs> honest, um, so recently I've let my girlfriend start to redecorate our place um, so that people mm-hmm. will actually come over um so yeah that was cool to see i'm like okay so this is what happens when you get too obsessed with this stuff good to know good yeah 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 Yeah. Um, yeah and i will say uh, before we move on from him i do want to say i have lived in quite a few apartment buildings in new york city since i've lived here um some big some not some bit so big some like seven floors high some like three floors high I, I have never been in an apartment building that was as noisy as his building when they are stand, is standing outside of his door to go into his apartment when they meet him there he comes back from the grocery store and there's just this ambient chatter going on <laughs> And throughout the building, and it was such an odd choice to me. It was almost like he lives in a hospital or a school, and maybe I missed something, and he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like it was. It felt like he lived in a building that was just buzzing with people out of their apartments talking to each other and right. walking the halls. I just Who talking. Does it was that? So <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you what my neighbors look like. I mean, I never see them. <laughs> Nobody ever interacts. You know, it's it's that's a good right. point. I didn't think about that. So um, strange. That is really strange. Okay, so so Daniel and uh, what's her name, Lacey? They sit down with him. He starts going through the list of like 
I'm going to see if you guys are actually abducted. And the more he Mm -hmm. ticks things off, the more he realizes, and they realize, yeah, like, this is what he thinks is going on. Mm -hmm. And um, he decides it's the Greys, which is the most common alien in abduction lore. These, everyone knows, Mm -hmm. you know, gray body, big black eyes, skinny, um, skinny body as well. Um, Yeah, very, very Mm -hmm. iconic. Um, And... It was interesting to hear him describe like what they do and their place in all of this. Uh, I thought that was right. creative. They're almost like these uh, the worker bees, I guess, of the alien races. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I liked the whole like they're like, well, why did he choose us? And they choose us. And he's like, fuck if I know, man. Like, yeah, that's, that's a good point. He was like, like, really, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Right, because, you know, a lot of these people who are abducted, uh, they say, like, oh, I was chosen for a reason, or I I was special, there was something unique about me they wanted to experiment Mm -hmm. with, and this Mr. Pollard tells them straight up, there is nothing special about you people. (laughs) Like, they they take who they want when they want. But, again, almost all of that is done away with the twist at the end. Yeah, we, yep. Oh, we're we're getting so close, and I know the people listening are like, just yep. get to the fucking twist. We will. <laughs> we will get there. We will get there. We will get there as fast as the movie decided yep. to get there. Um, <laughs> what was the other thing? Oh, he found, this is where we kind of seep back into the relationships be, between the family. He tells them, you can't stop this from happening, but your best defense is to uh, stay unified. They use fear, and that's right. how they take one of you. They clearly want one of mm-hmm. the people from your family, and they're going to fuck with you until they get the person they want. So don't right. be scared. Don't give in to that and stay unified. So now we have the yeah, family yeah. having to sort of – they've gone through all this crazy, traumatic, weird stuff. Now they got to be a family again. So this is mm-hmm. kind of um, as we're inching towards, I guess, the climax of the film. It's now the Fourth of July. Uh, at this point, Daniel he has boarded up the house. He buys a gun, which I really dog. don't get. I, I like I from him being able to see clearly that these things just appeared in his house instantaneously. Like, I don't understand why he put the boards on the windows, but good then point. I don't think the movie understands as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a really good point. And he gets a shotgun, and I'm like, I was like, okay, I kind of get this. And then they go and get a dog, yep. like an attack dog, and I'm like, okay. It, it's very primal, I feel <laughs> like. We've resorted back to, like... Yeah. You remember yeah. remember that time I told you about the, the Hopkinsville Goblins case? With the, sure. you know, the floating alien goblins yes. and the family was shooting at them and they terrorized this family. Like, there was a lot of callbacks to that mm-hmm. in this movie, especially in the last scene, mm-hmm. where I think the movie Signs also got a lot of its inspiration as well. This nice. you know, remote area where a family is being hunted or terrorized by these aliens. Um, now, in this movie, it's not a remote area. They live literally within feet of other people. And that's my next question for you, Andrew. So it's the 4th of July. There's clearly people outside mm-hmm. doing fireworks and everything. And then you have this family holed up in their house waiting for a pending, like, alien invasion of sorts. So, I mean, the juxtaposition right. there is interesting, but I don't think it was well thought out either. No, I, I feel like it was just a lot of the stuff in the la- in the last, like, 20, 15 minutes felt like it was like, all right, we are just going to barrel through to make this ending as explosive as possible. Here's all these set pieces. Here's here's a shotgun. Here's a loud dog. 
Here's boards that can be stripped off the walls and have the screws come out and stuff like that. Here's it's Fourth of July, so we can have fireworks going off. Like it felt like they were like, we need to make this finale bombastic. There's not a lot of substance, but at the same time, I will admit I did fall victim to it. Like my heart was pounding Mm -hmm. in these last few minutes because you're right. They throw everything at you. It's clear the family cannot stop this force coming into their house. Why Mm -hmm. they didn't just go outside where there's other people, I don't know. Um, Again, this idea of of isolating themselves seems like the worst thing they could have done in this situation. But again, then we we wouldn't get to the climax that we have if they had done that. And again, we're kind of at the writer's uh, uh, disposal at this point, I would say. Yes, and and because we've gotten no clear um, idea of what these aliens are doing, though, it seems odd that the family's like, well, we need to do this, this, and this, and that's exactly what'll help. Like, oh, hide it. She tosses the little kids in their room at one point, um, which apparently doesn't matter because moments later when they're given back to her, she's like ecstatic. And it's like, I thought you wanted them to hide in her room. There's one moment um, that really I thought was fun and well done, which is that she's walking down the hallway when, like, shit's hitting the fan. The aliens are showing. There's lights outside, I guess. Um, Again, things that no one else is seeing for some reason um, in a very populated suburban area. And it's 4th of July, so it's not like people are probably, like, awake or asleep yet because this happens over, like, dinner time. Right. She's she throws the kids in a room while the dad's downstairs with the dog and the shotgun. And she's walking down the hall and we see one of these grays behind her. So one's already in the house and it just follows her, reaches towards her, almost touches her and then pulls back for no reason. That was weird. Yeah. It's not even like she sees it or like it becomes aware to its presence. It's like, oh, nah. And right. it's like, well, why, like, what, 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 what are we doing here? What, are we what do doing? you, why, if it was so easy for them to do what they eventually end up doing, why didn't they just do it? Like, it's this weird idea because we never get a clear definition or a clear answer, even a simple answer as to what these aliens are doing, their motives and their actions make no sense. Yeah, I, I would have like to it's agree. just yeah. it's messy. I mean, he say, he says they're like, oh, he says that they use fear to pick on them. But, you know, the things that they do, like the, the all they do is like slam a door closed and lock her in a room, which is like they're freaking her out. But she's not the one that they eventually take. They're breaking into the house downstairs. But then we find out that the dad is eventually fine. Yeah. Like, he runs upstairs like nothing happened. Well, let's get to who they want to take. Now, this is where Mm -hmm. it it just kind of goes completely in overdrive. and um, Bananas, man. The the aliens start to close in on the family. We see, like, a shit ton of them. Like, I guess a gaggle Mm -hmm. of greys, we call them, um, in the home. Love it. Love that. You like that? I'm going to copyright that. Gaggle of of greys, man. Gaggle of (laughs) greys up in this bitch. That's the next next somewhere in the shot. It's Sky's (laughs) t-shirt. Gaggle of (laughs) greys. I'm doing it. Done. Um, so, okay, let's go back to the these aliens use fear. So um, we think they're mm-hmm. possibly going to take Sammy, the youngest kid. That seems to be where the movie was heading this whole time. Like, yes. Youngest kid is the most vulnerable, and let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's take him. And as the family is fending off the aliens, Jesse gets 
transported to some weird nightmare, I guess, where his mom is dead. Yeah. His dad kills himself. It's very um Yes, yeah, and it's insinuated that the dad killed the mom. And it was honestly for a moment, because when he, when the the plyboards came down and he fired the shotgun, I was like, ooh, I hope he shot somebody that's not an alien. Yeah, that would have been a real like, choice. If they're, if they're just doing it like the uh, uh, Twilight Zone set the scene for a lot of stories to come from American pop culture and cinema and uh, writings and, and literature and what have you. Uh, the Monsters Are Due on Maple Street is one of my favorites, which is a Twilight Zone episode where they it's a similar thing where these people um, like something shoots across the sky and all the power in the streets go street goes out and all the people that live on the street start blaming each other. And eventually somebody gets killed by accident that they sent off to like investigate the next block. And then it turns out that it was literally just these aliens going like, oh, like, you know, we shut off their power and look what they did to each other. Let's move on to the next block. Like, it's a similar idea of like these aliens using fear to just uh, observe the human race. Uh, this feels like felt like it was going in that direction. But then uh, everything has kind of a simple answer. Like, I guess he shot at nothing and he just went upstairs and the kids were in their room. But then they're out of their room because they're just OK. And then this kid sees what we thought might be like the things going awry to put it mildly and then it just ends up being yeah like a nightmare i guess it's some weird nightmare so yeah he mom's dead dad kills himself uh sammy's running around the home clearly like possessed and then he sees the girly kissed with his friend they're watching the porn mm-hmm. that they watched in the beginning of the movie it was so weird and it it mm-hmm. you know like okay we have all these images um, of what could be or what has happened mixed together, and Jesse is just having this really strange, strange nightmare. Or is it real? We don't know. And then the moment he sort of snaps out of it, we see him separated from the family. They're all staring at him, and this is the moment where you're like, oh my god, this was like... Was it or was it not? Maybe their plan all along. They finally right. got the fear induced into this kid so much that he's lost in another world, and um, they use that to take him. Yeah, and then yeah, we see that like uh, the next thing that happens is we see J.K. Simmons' character reading a paper just so they can throw him in there one more time, and it says he cuts out an article that says like, "Oh, parents blamed for a child's disappearance." And then he puts it up on his wall of stuff. But then it goes three months later, and it seems like there were no repercussions from that at all. <laughs> right. We get, like, one offline of the dad being like, uh, the um, Child Protective Services are stopping by today or something. It's like, oh, okay. Right, yeah. So there was no and then, and then, um, investigation yeah. into, no. like, what? And guess what, bro? If they're coming by, they're going to take your kid because you've got a bunch of crazy shit pinned up on your walls. Like, it, it, they... I feel like they were going for fun, like, oh, now the parents are going to be are like J.K. Simmons character. And because they were affected by this, they want to start looking at all the details and looking at all these different stories. And they've got their own map and pinups and stuff like that. But it doesn't really add to anything because yeah. we do. We don't really see they seem fine. Yeah. Like, I know it's three months later, but they still seem like they've recovered pretty well. 
and they have an incredibly recent picture of Jesse hung up in their house. Yeah. Um, that looks like it was taken on a cell phone, but it's a huge picture. And then we get, um, we go from that to her going. Now, like a running thing that we see earlier on is that Sammy is doing drawings of himself holding the hands of a tall, thin man, a gray, presumably. So here we have Carrie Russell going through um, Jesse's old box of stuff, and she finds pictures of him when he was younger. And then she finds similar drawings that he had done when he was a little kid. And then she starts going back and having these flashbacks of, to the conversation about that she had with the mom about Jesse being sick when he was little and baby being allergic to this world. And, um, oh, there was something else that's brought up where they, and I could be wrong about this. And I, I will say that this was a twist that I found hard to interpret. Mm-hmm. That either he had been targeted his whole life or Jesse is not human. Yeah. So this is where I, too, am like, what the fuck? I, I don't get... What are we supposed to know the answer or not? Because it was not clear right. in any way, shape, or form at all. And then when I started to look back, I was like, I think it's erring on the side of him not being human, because most of the stuff is about his character is him adjusting to being a teenager. But you could just have that be interpreted as interpreted as him adjusting to being a human a human being. being. Yeah. And the, oh, he was allergic to the world line. I was like, oh, so is he not from this world? Right. Like, that seems like a specific line to bring back. It's a little too on the mark, yeah. Yeah. And then we get this last little tag with the Sammy's walkie-talkie going off. And I guess it's apparently Jesse. Communicating back to him, yeah. Yeah. So then I'm just like, okay. And then it just ends <laughs> yeah yeah so i mean we are left with the question was jesse an alien were they coming back to get him or was he some sort of uh there's a lot of uh research done in the abduction realm where people believe they're taken and either from men sperm is taken or women their eggs mm-hmm. and they're creating these alien human hybrid programs where they want to see how we mix with one another um or was he, you know, an alien put into a human body to learn how to become a human? Like, who? It's it's right. too it's too much and it's too big for this movie, to be honest. Yes. Yes. So, oh, big time. Why they decided to do this twist at the end, I I don't know. I'm going with that he was the target all along, and we're just not supposed to know that. And maybe yeah, he I, had like premonitions this was going to happen or it's not Mm -hmm. the first time he's ever been taken this just is the like the final time maybe i don't know right yeah and i do like i I, I, not to get too much into like my own conspiracy theories but uh, if you look back the weinsteins are notorious for going in and changing movies as they are being made sometimes for the better They made a lot of like the Dimension Films and the Weinstein Company made a lot of great movies. And but most of the time it's for the worse, Uh, worse. There's and that especially happens in horror movies. They think they know what they're doing with horror movies. And they always like to add stupid schlocky um, uh, things to try to do like a mass 
appeal. Um, I know this was several years later, but it felt very like paranormal activity twist to me. Um, like, I feel like they were just like, oh, no, we need to make the twist that he was an alien the whole time or something like that. I really have a hard time believing that that was part of the movie to begin with. Like so much so that if you were to tell me that they finished filming the movie, the last scene was going to be J.K. Simmons adding them to his wall. I literally thought the movie was about to end. I was like, okay, that's like at least an ambiguous ending. You don't really know what happened. And, you know, probably the parents got in trouble for what happened or got blamed. But instead, they like double down and try to give an extra explanation in a scene that seems very thrown together as if to just give like a ooh, like a big twist scare at the end and it's just it is just not effective it's not it just it didn't work um i I just i thought overall like i appreciated trying to make a alien abduction horror movie um yeah oh there's a lot of there's a lot to work with there and i think they had some of those elements in there like it's a you're you're feeding on a fear that some people actually have it's just like making a horror movie out of a possession story. Yeah. Like there's, there are things people, um, everybody for the earth, a lot of people have a friend who knows a friend who was abducted or has a friend who knows a friend who knows somebody who was possessed. Like there's, there's a lot, that's a deep well to draw from. Um, and I think that they probably had the be- best intentions, but because I feel like I would be very surprised to hear that this director and writer is a UFO person. If you were to tell me like, oh, this guy actually knows a lot about UFOs and UFO phenomena, I would be surprised because like you said, it's really more of a smorgasbord of things. Like he went in, took like one sentence and then was just like, oh, I'm going to throw this in because that's kind of cool. Like it doesn't seem to have very much an understanding or a, a really firm grasp on the store on the like stories it's trying to draw from you know what i mean oh totally yeah again i i just feel like um stewart he he skimmed the very the first search result he found on alien abduction and just went with it mm-hmm. um yeah you know and he he did he took every trope whether abduction or paranormal he mashed them together he threw everything into the movie and it was contrived but overall man i mean i thought i thought it was well written in terms of like the dialogue and uh, sure it had a good build um mostly mm-hmm. up to the climax and looked great it looked good. It was very slick, mm-hmm. and um, it had a mm-hmm. style. Um, the mm-hmm. acting was good. I thought all the people did a really good job. Um, Pretty tremendous. It's a, you, you You got, like, the main... I, I always love when you... Like, A, the main actors were fantastic, and you even get somebody like J.K. Simmons come in and giving a very reserved and grounded performance. I feel like any other movie and usually any other actor would take that opportunity to be like, all right, here's the crazy that believes in everything. And instead you get this guy who's like uh, almost like weary and burdened by the information that he has, um, which I really liked. Like he's just like, yeah, sorry, this is this is probably what it is. I've seen this before. Look, I got this behind my like he's got this horrendous scar behind his ear. Like there's instead of being like, like he's just very, very grounded. And I think that is a testament to 
the director and the style that he was going for and the act, like the kind of acting choices that he was trying to stick with from his, from his actors. And I, yeah, I agree. Like there was a lot of those decisions were very strong. It's just the story itself was just kind of, kind of. a little all over the place towards yeah. the end. Um, well, let's look at the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie. We've got oh, a fun. 41% by Ooh, critics ouch. and a 49% by audience. So, um, Ooh, wow. say what you may, um, about the movie. Um, well, personally, Andrew, out of, mm-hmm. um, a rating system of grays, what do you give this movie out of, uh, one to five grays? One to five grays? I would give it probably two grays. I really, I would, I would want to give it more, but there's, there's so much about a movie. I, uh, the, uh, the hardest part of any storytelling is sticking the landing and hitting the ending. And you want all these elements to try to, uh, pull together to make a cohesive story that that becomes as satisfying at the end as it may have been at the beginning. And it, don't get me wrong. That is not easy. It's mm-hmm. not an easy thing to do. But when you have a movie where you sit there and you get invested and I really was like I was on for, on board until we got into the third act. And then I started to be like, wait, what movie is this? Like what what's happening here? And because the elements leading up to it were so scattered, it it, it not only had a hard time bringing things together the ending made some of the elements that we had experienced before worse in my opinion. Yeah. Like, and not as satisfying the ending. I, the ending of this movie, I think did it a great disservice. Joy, my wife um, came out into the living room at one point when I was watching it, we were towards the end and I remember her being out there. And at one point she heard me, I, I forget what the moment was, but I audibly started laughing. Oh, towards no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and it's it's and that's listen again. I I I, I don't want to like disparage anybody on this particular movie. I usually have no problem taking shots every now and then. I really think that there are a lot of elements in this movie that just got out of people's hands, maybe. And who knows? I wasn't there, and I've never made a movie <laughs> of, of like a big budget. Like you know, this movie costs like fifteen million dollars to make or something like that. It, it's not an easy feat to accomplish. But there's when you have this story, it felt like the whole story, they could have taken like another pass at the script oh, before they yeah. started shooting. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. Like just something to really bring everything that it's like just to take some element. Maybe even if the birds came back, maybe if we get even just got like some more explanation as to what was going on. But it felt like they left things purposely vague. So they could just go bug nuts at the end. <laughs> oh, I knew we could use the word bug nuts at some point in this. I always try. Episode. I always try. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, you, you had what a What about good... you? What about you? One to five grades. Yeah, me. I'm going with, with um, I'm going to go with a three grades out of okay. five on this one. It was sure. enjoyable, um, suspenseful, mm-hmm. couple good jump scares. Um, but it was, like you said, it was pretty cliche and it relied heavily on, um, all the films that came before it, I think. Yes. Um, but yes. overall, I, I definitely, I'd recommend this to people just looking for a fun, scary alien film. Yeah. To pass the time, oh man. You know, something to watch on like a Saturday afternoon. That's the, like my, it's, it even, it warmed my heart that I like, I have Hulu live TV. No big deal. Um, and <laughs> Baller. We, it, 
Hey, um, I was able to watch this because it's available um, on demand through Hulu Live TV through Sci-Fi. And while why while the Sci-Fi Channel has some become something markedly different than what it was when I was growing up, it was fun to like I, when I was in grade school and stuff like that. Saturday afternoons when I would have nothing to do, yeah, put on Sci-Fi, and they usually had on some cheesy. Um, sometimes not so great, sometimes like cult favorite horror movies and stuff like that. So there was something a little bit like heartwarming about that to be able to sit down and watch a, a movie that I ended up thinking was so-so, but like a fun kind of uh, cheesy horror movie. And it said sci-fi right in the bottom of the corner. And I was like, ah, oh, you know what? This is, this is nice. <laughs> this is like, you yeah. know, a nice little nostalgia punch. Absolutely, man. I mean, it brings me back to the days of like Mystery Science Theater 3000 and watching that sure. on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Like, mm-hmm. I could definitely see this movie eventually making it to like riff tracks or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> Not that bad. No, 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 it wasn't. But yeah, yeah. I could see them finding a lot of fodder in there to, to deal with. Yeah. But um, I think when it comes down to it, um, when it comes to this movie called Dark Skies, I would suggest people go watch Dark Skies, the television series, or Boom. or um, I had another guy on the show who made uh, this this homemade, it was literally the first found footage film ever made, long before Blair Witch and everything else that came before it. It was called Incident, mm. uh, sorry, it was called McPherson Tape, and it was a home Ooh. video of a family during Thanksgiving. And uh, their home gets invaded by aliens, and they get abducted. Ooh, a lot of elements. Where can I find that? Go on YouTube, McPherson tape. Oh, nice. Type it in. Um, and then UPN actually remade it into their own version, um, directed uh, by the same guy, Dean Eliotto. He's a good friend of mine and a UFO researcher and a filmmaker. And um, he made. This is a funny cool. story. I'll, I'll go through it quick. But he made this movie on like little to no money. He brought it to the distributor, and the distributor's place burnt down to the ground, and they lost, like, the entire film. Somehow, somebody got hold of it before this happened, um, and it started making the rounds in the UFO community. Someone put it out there and said, this is an authentic home video of a family getting abducted by aliens. That's how convincing it was, dude. For like 20 years, this movie was going around, you know, the conspiracy realms in the UFO Without this dude's knowledge? Yeah, he had no idea. He had absolutely no idea. Wow. And then um, somebody contacted him eventually and was like, hey, man, that movie you made, like, it's huge. It's actually, like, a big thing in these niche communities of, like, conspiracy nuts and UFO people. And he was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? He's like, well, I That's need them awesome. to know it's not real. So then he started <laughs> going around and telling people. Um, and then UPN remade it, um, literally a shot-for-shot remake of it with Dean Eliotto wow. directing it um, with... Uh, like actual actors and stuff. Not to say the mm-hmm. actors in the original weren't real actors. No, I feel but, you know what I mean. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I got you. Yep. And I remember seeing the UPN version on television when I was a kid, and it scared the living daylights out of me. And then I went and Ooh. watched the original, which is even scarier because it looks even more raw and real. So definitely, I suggest people go check that out if you want like a good scary have, abduction. Have there have there been people in the UFO community that have tried to say that he is just trying to cover up what is a real home video? Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Amazing. 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 It doesn't matter what he says or how, you know, I mean, I can literally like look at the actor and point to them and put, put you, send you a link to his IMDB page. And he is still making movies today. So he did not get abducted by aliens. He's not missing. Amazing. It's amazing. But you know, um, that's the links people will go to believe these things. And, uh, sure. Yeah. I definitely suggest checking that out too. But, um, before we go, Andrew, Mm-hmm. Uh, I gotta ask you, what do you got coming next? I know your your the podcast is on a little hiatus, but um, mm. what comes next for you, and uh, where can we find everything you're up to? Uh, you can find me. You can still um, I post things on uh, Half White Son of a Black Man's uh, Facebook page. I've been doing these since I've been social distancing. I've been doing these um uh, cold reads where like throughout the weekdays or as many days in a row as i can i will cold read from something that i have in my house basically um or that i can find online um like chapters from books i was reading something the other day called slash of the titans which is about the um uh the road to the freddy versus jason movie and all the different scripts and screenwriters that were involved in that oh cool process great book to track down if you ever get the chance so i've been trying to move those over to the facebook page for half white son of a black man as well i think you can probably like if you search me you should be able to find that on my facebook um because uh, I think it's public right now. That might change at one point. We'll see what happens. Uh, go on to my Instagram, Half White Son of a Black Man. I recently put out a challenge uh, for people. If you're a performer like myself, or even if you're not a performer and you're currently social distancing, uh, I've been doing something called Social Distancing Self Tape, which is, and that's the hashtag. It's hashtag social distancing self tape where people sit down and they self tape themselves doing a two to three minute monologue um, just for fun, just to get more art out there while all this is going on. Um, also, there's things that are still coming down the pipeline, but I wrote a comic book at one point that you can read on my website, halfwayclimbablackman.com. It was drawn by the great Joe Cabotit, one of my favorite people of all time. Um, and yeah, just go through the, the halfway Son of that black man is on a hiatus, but definitely if you like this episode, Go back and look at some of the Shocktobers. Find the ones that Ryan has. I think Ryan's done one every year almost. There might have been like one year where I think you didn't do one. But I had like one year where I I got married um, in October. And uh, there were a few (laughs) episodes that year. I know, right? The nerve. But there's uh, there's great episodes from that. That's something that I absolutely love. Um, We've had some great people there. Or if you just want to listen to news from a time... Uh, that was like happier, maybe even like two months ago. Uh, just go and check out the website. I love it. Super proud of it. Um, there's a lot of fun to be had from it. And just keep your eyes peeled. I'll pop up here and there. Check out my episode. I was like you. I was on an episode of, well, you were on several, but I was on an episode of Mysteries Decoded. If you want to see me go <laughs> chase Bigfoot um, with a gentleman named Todd Standing. Uh, uh, and I know a lot of people have different feelings about Todd and I understand that he actually has a nickname that I heard recently, which I was not aware of before. Uh, <laughs> Can you share that on air? No. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to just, even though he has gone to great lengths to talk shit about me since the episode has come out. Um, I'm not going to sink to his level. We'll put it that way, but you, uh, you should definitely watch that episode. It was a lot of fun. Love Jennifer Marshall, the host of that show. She's a badass, and it was a lot of fun to shoot regardless of 
the aftermath. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got it. Did you find Bigfoot? Uh, well, we'll leave that to the audience. Oh, you got to watch the episode. Got to watch, watch the episode. episode. Come yep. on. Everyone yeah, can yeah, go yeah. watch that at uh, CWC.com. It's free to stream. Mm-hmm. Right yeah, you can now. watch it for free. Yeah, yeah, man. Might as well with all this. Yeah, and watch your episodes too. Yeah, yeah exactly. Awesome, man. Well, I got to thank you for coming on today. Uh, Please be safe, be healthy, and yeah, thanks for joining me again on Somewhere in the Dark Skies. It was my absolute pleasure, my brother. Love to you and Jane, and please you stay safe as well. is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. To learn more, visit entertainmentonepodcast.com. In reality, UFOs are seen by people from all walks of life, every day, all around the world. They've also been officially investigated by the U.S. government and by governments of several other countries, too. That's just a small element of what makes the strange UFO topic so incredibly fascinating and fun to explore. That's what we do on the UFO podcast, Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan, and I invite you to explore the weird and wonderful world of UFOs with me and my friends and colleagues on Unknown. Unknown is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and all the usual podcast places. 